Hello, Nicole. Hello, Renee. Welcome to our 26th episode of Not Only But Also. Today happens to be day eight, eight days post Nicole's birthday and eight days pre-Renee's birthday. Uh-huh. So we are in this sweet spot. We're in this sweet limbo in we're, between. We're actually only two years apart as of right today, but in eight days, <laughs> we will be three years <laughs> apart. And y'all participated in some amazing trivia. The one on us, you all did very, very well. You knew us pretty well, except for a lot of you thought that Nicole was a virgin on her wedding night. Which I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> I don't go back and listen. <laughs> like I v- have very clearly discussed that topic, but yes. hey, it's yes. okay. And I was a technical V. Yeah. But whatever. But uh, but the second trivia, the one on the actual show, I didn't even get all the questions I, right. <laughs> I made them I made them pretty tough. They were. And actually I had to look up the answers to some of them yeah. too. So I didn't expect anybody to get I them. I didn't all know right. Evan's favorite episode and it was Action, but also inaction. And I wanted to ask why, but we'll ask later. Today, what are we talking about, Nicole? We're talking about how to make sourdough during a <laughs> pandemic. We are talking about deconstruction, but dun, also dun, dun. reconstruction. Reconstruction. Not a lot of people are talking about reconstruction. So, Nicole, define, oh, please, for Lord. our lovely audience. What deconstruction is. What Okay, but okay. here's the thing. Yeah. Nicole and I actually, we kind of like duked it out beforehand. We really needed to come to some, you know, clarify your terms here. So let's clarify terms. What is actual deconstruction? Uh-huh, and what uh-huh. is happening right now amongst all the socials? Okay, well, I don't know that I even yes, could fully answer that. I really don't think I can. I know she can. But deconstruction, the philosophy is... a philosophy from a Frenchman, Frenchman named Jacques Derrida. Oh, really? You are really going all the way to Derrida? Yeah. Well, that's... De- Listen, I'm a political science major, so when I think of that, that's where my brain goes. Yeah, but And he people, was situated in the postmodern movement? Right. So people borrowed... People have essentially borrowed that concept theoretically to define faith deconstruction. So what they really mean is... Deconstruction just means pulling something apart or taking something apart and examining it or re-examining it. And then we've now applied that to faith, to church systems, to Christians as a whole. So when we talk about deconstruction, we're talking about challenging, questioning, pulling apart the way that we see things and the way that we've always seen things and essentially even the systems that we are inside of. And if I might add, so my thesis when I graduated from college was on postmodern lit. Oh, I didn't, specifically, didn't I know that. Maybe I, didn't I don't know think that. so. Specifically, looking at Alice Walker's *The Color Purple*. Mm-hmm. No, I did. And know. looking at Derrida and Foucault, and one other scholar. I graduated twenty-five years ago, so <laughs> you know the fact that I can recall all of this is impressive to me. But I know to nobody else it is impressive. But, and what Derrida, what I really appreciated about it was that he talked about our meta-narratives. Yeah. The things that have been placed over our lives as the stories beyond the story. Right. So for Alice Walker in The Color Purple, it's patriarchy Mm -hmm. and theology. Mm -hmm. It's God and, or men and God. Right. 
to add to that parallelism. And of course, see if you haven't read The Color Purple, please do yourself the favor. But there is a deconstruction yes, that happens absolutely. there with both men and God. Yes. It's and so it good. looks quite different. So I don't know that Seely Seely reconstructs in a different way and her yeah. her relationship with men and God both change. Yes. But um it is an interesting parallel because that book was written like in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And here we are 40 years later. Yeah. And so many of the same themes and same ideas are perpetuating themselves yes. and have been through this whole time. Alice Walker's a straight up prophet. Oh, gosh, I know. I love Anyway, I love so the now so the second word that you used was actually destruction. Destruction? No. Reconstruction. No, 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 no. I'm talking about... Uh, Defining terms. Oh. Uh, what we think we're doing often. Yes. Is, am I am I jumping the shark? Mm, I mean, maybe a little bit. It's okay. We'll just we'll just throw it. But, well, I'll just throw it on out. What I had said to you, Renee, when we were hashing it out before we started recording, was what I've seen a lot of people do around the concept of con- deconstruction is actually destruction or demolition. Demolition. Yeah. And where they're actually just taking a wrecking ball to everything Mm -hmm. and tearing it down. And I'm not necessarily even saying that's bad, but I'm saying that's a different word than deconstruction. It is. I'm saying that's a different concept and practice. And so for me, words are really important and the ideas around words are important and definitions are important. So if someone says they're deconstructing, but they're actually just, you know, chucking it all, then that's different. And it's okay to say that too, Mm -hmm. Both are, there's no judgment. I just want to say that. There's no judgment. I fully understand how people end up in either of these um, positions. I've been close to both. I've been through one and close to the other. And same. And I want to just put a few disclaimers. A, we are going to talk about a lot of things today. Some of them we haven't worked out all the way. We are working them out as we speak. Mm -hmm. And so if we talk about evangelicals or fundamentalists or charismatics Mm -hmm. or reconstructionists or people who are faith-based, we are not talking about everyone. Correct. And we reserve the right to change our minds tomorrow. Absolutely. Or even after we say the very thing that we just said. (laughs) And just because this is a fluid and ongoing phenomenon, and I think I currently am in... No, I'm, I think I'm post-reconstruction. I think that's probably true. I also think, to your point, it's really nuanced. And one thing that I've been thinking a lot about as I've been having different engagements online with people is that, and even in light of Afghanistan, just reminding myself that these are real people. Yeah. This is happening to real people. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about these ideas and we're throwing around words like deconstruction and this and that, there are real people that are going through a very painful life-altering process of working out their faith and in for some people that means leaving faith Mm -hmm. and i don't ever want to pretend like this is just a theoretical concept this is you and i have both been through it people we love and know very well have been through deconstruction and it is it's not it's hard it's really hard and and i don't want to ever pretend like we're just up here sitting here talking like we know all the things correct and our words whether they're ours yours everybody's our words have the power to put that final nail in somebody's Mm. theoretical Mm -hmm. coffin absolutely and that is something that i'll I'll talk i'm going to be a little bit more anecdotal today i think nicole's going to be more uh, of the of the reason the philosopher scholar i think that's how it's going to play out today and that's okay i think it's good but 
that's what I, I really just wanted to say straight out the gate because first of all, we see you, but I think why this is so important for us to talk about is because so many people are talking about deconstruction, mm-hmm. but very few people are talking about reconstruction. Correct. And we're going to talk about both. Yep. I love it. Okay. So we kind of set some definitions. And I guess just the last word you just used, reconstruction is exactly what it is. We all know what that means. But rebuilding, rebuilding, restructuring, reestablishing, um, and there's that's part of the process too and i think like you said a lot of we're not hearing as much about that or how to do that or what that can look like Mm -hmm. and maybe even for me that's probably where i will be more anecdotal and even just sharing my own reconstruction good post deconstruction and i (laughs) l-o-v-e the fact that you said process yeah because this is a process this is and and here's where i think my anger is kindled and it is it could set an entire forest ablaze because so often people who are not in the deconstruction or reconstruction category Mm -hmm. feel like if you don't have all the answers Mm -hmm. you're wrong that's right or Or, yes their answers not only if you don't have all the answers i mean i would go even further and say you can't even ask the question correct correct (laughs) and it is so for those of you who, here's what, however this podcast ends up, I want to start this here. Because there might be some people, we might say things, you're like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And you have to shut it off. To you, I say peace, truly. But I also want to say this, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It is okay for you to not know yet where you're going to land. Yeah. Because you know what? None of us does. That's right. None of us does. <laughs> it is impossible to know where we're going to land because life is unpredictable. Yeah. And life, what did I always used to say? Life is hard and people are difficult. And it's a true statement. <laughs> and <laughs> it sounds like Sally from When Harry Met Sally. That she's me. She's like, I'm difficult. <laughs> I know. And I, 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 in college, I used to have a calculator in my purse. You are do, Sally I at restaurants. So tally. I'm Sally. <sighs> when that movie came out, if my friends had possession of text messaging, they would have texted me, you're Sally. We I'm didn't like, have I'll that. I'll have a side salad. What comes on the side salad? Can you put the croutons on the side of the side salad? And can you <laughs> give me an extra side of ranch, but not the gross ranch, like the house-made, homemade ranch. And then if you have any tomatoes, I don't want them in balls. I want them nicely, neatly sliced on the side and another plate. And guess That's what? Sally. I married my best friend who was a curmudgeon. I know. It's true. <laughs> because you're so cute together. <laughs> You guys are Harry and Sally. We are so Harry and Sally. I feel like my brain is exploding right now. I know. Okay. Where do we want to start? I mean, we already started, but like, what do you want to get? What, what do you want to get into? You start. Where do you want to go? How is your anger most kindled? How is my anger? That's a big question for this. Your Enneagram How do you 8. set forests ablaze? I'm trying. Oh, also, yeah. Nicole and I have on our kimonos. Oh my gosh, our But kimonos. we're not culturally appropriating. They're more like robes without straps. They aren't kimonos. I, they're not yeah. kimonos. But they're, they're from an amazing store. There's another Flexa. name for them, but I They're called robes. They're called robes without robes without clothes. Whatever. We'll post a picture um, for your for our fashion followers on our and our respective robes (laughs) fit our personalities. It's true. uh, Nicole's robe was her birthday. She just gave me this for my birthday. She really wanted. I had the robe on in a. I'm looking at it admiringly, and none of you can see me. So if you want to know what these, we're not going to describe the robes. But if you want to know what these robes look like, pay attention to the instas. 
All right, go. Okay. I will, I'll stop interrupting you. What kindles my anger? <laughs> what doesn't kindle my anger is the more appropriate question. Um, around the area of deconstruction, okay, this is what makes me the angriest when I think about deconstruction. Well, this is one of the things that makes me the angriest. You can have 12. I probably do. Easy. One of the things that makes me the angriest is the churches, the church systems, and this was one of some of the language that Renee and I were getting really nitpicky about with each other before we started recording like what do we mean when we say that we generally mean evangelicalism fundamentalism fundamentalism but i mean even just the church for me i probably more so also mean just the church structure as a whole the american the american church structure yes thank you for that clarification but not necessarily catholicism or mm, well that's still a church system i think it still can be a harmful church system I, i kind of mean like the church system of man hierarchical Church system, patriarchal, I mean. right. patriarchal, patriarchal church system. So all of those things rolled up into one big ball, those words we just said. When I think about that system and its complete failure to basically read and apply scripture. <laughs> no. Well, you know. I mean, you know. Some things have got to be said, right? right? You just Off like don't read the Bible and then notice that when people had doubt and questions – and you just skip over the part where Jesus Christ, the Messiah and Savior of the world, was with them in their doubt and actually went above and beyond in offering grace and understanding and answers for their doubt and questions. And rebuked people like you. <gasps> and rebuked people who <laughs> questioned the questioning. Yeah, and who added more burden onto people in order to prove their faith. And he... he he rebuked them publicly and then he comforted the people with doubt and questions. And yet the church system just completely as general rule has failed to offer people a safe place to do what is fundamentally part of the work of faith. And humanity. It's just asking questions. So Nicole, and I know you already know the answer to this, but tell our lovely audience, we've really come to love so many of you. And one of you even admitted to us that your orgasms have gotten better because your husband listened to the orgasm gap. Listen, we posted on Instagram, we said, our work here is done. We should just quit the podcast now because we we helped someone have more orgasms. What else is there to do? My life's mission? (laughs) And I stand before God. Good and faithful servant. <laughs> you accomplished Have it. you brought forth more orgasm? In a restaurant. <laughs> Sally. It all comes back to when Harry met Sally. Oh, yes. I'll have what, what she's, she's having. having. <laughs> all right. So why, Nicole, why has have so many... Remember, we might be making broad generalizations. Which is okay. But understand we have a big that we, we're not... And we're you just might have an it. exception to the rule. <laughs> we get it. Yeah. yeah. We just, know that that's plausible and, just, and likely yes. but we're still making but these we're not talking about the exception we're talking about the general yes so why do you think this is happening oh gosh that's such a big question um, i think there's lots of reasons i'll give my really fast um fast like announcer answer what are those people called like at a at a thing uh, auctioneer auctioneer <clears throat> i think part of it is the structure of the church. I think it's a man-made structure. I do emphasis not, on man. Emphasis on man. That's very true. I do not believe, as a general rule, when I look at scripture, that 
we were necessarily we the american church was or church in general was supposed to have all of these different denominations and people doing this and people doing that and this structure and this structure and man at the top and had lead pastor at the top and all of the problematic things that we see that come out of that like capitalism capitalism and like a Mark Driscoll's and Mars Hills and the other kinds of things that that kind of system essentially enables. Yeah. I mean, it's meant to enable brokenness, abuse, narcissism, and then all celebrity, celebrity church or pastor celebrity, all manner of things. So when I think about how are we going to, how are we creating safe places for people to not even, I'm not even talking about deconstruction, just safe places for people to ask questions about their faith. Because that's just like you said, that's part of humanity and that's a scriptural model. And we know that that's just what, how we were designed. We were designed to ask questions. Yeah. I have a question for you. <laughs> See? Do you feel that people, I know what I think about this. Mm -hmm. I'm just asking the question because I want to see what you think about okay. this. Do you feel like a lot of people who are entrenched in fundamentalism and evangelicalism? I don't think we need to define those terms, no, do we? Okay. I'm not doing that. You can Google those on yeah, it. Google it. People who are entrenched in those systems, like really entrenched. Mm -hmm. If you have a question, I have found in my experience mm -hmm. that they, and I have even done this, and forgive me, Father, for I knew not what I did, and forgive me if there's anybody here who's crept on up on this podcast and I slapjacked you mm. with the scripture and I said, this is the easy answer. Mm -hmm. And so have a nice day. I'm sorry. I apologize because it was wrong because that's my question. Well, I'm already telling you my answer that so many people negate our humanity mm. because we're supposed to have a scriptural answer for everything. Mm -hmm. The Bible Absolutely. says, the Bible, Bible says, says, but God, but God, but, but God, God, but God. Right. Yes, but God is actually true. Yeah. But when you are consistently and constantly negating humanity for the sake of your pat answer mm -hmm. and your contrived conception of God, I think that's actually a disservice to the very image of God in us. But I was yeah. asking a question. But so anyway, I have a lot of questions here. But I get, I get what you're what, what do you think about that? Well, I'm, I fully agree. I agree. And we had kind of thrown out a few ideas before we we landed on this topic and we thought, oh, well, we could fold some of these other ideas into this topic of deconstruction, which we won't because this is already meaty enough as it is. But we had talked about very briefly, you know, when people make scripture or the Bible, the fourth person of the Trinity. Mm. And I think that's a topic for another time. Which I would actually really like to talk about that at some point at length. But I think that there's a lot of reasons why that happens. Part of it's because it is control. It's in, innate in us that we want to control things. It's innate in us that freedom is scary. We've talked about this over many episodes. Freedom is intimidating to people. The concept of grace and freedom and abundance is uncomfortable, and we don't know how to balance that against a righteous God. And so we vie for control. And yeah. one of the ways we vie for control is through scripture. We hold that overheads and then we say there's nothing outside of this because yeah. we don't have to give answers from the holy spirit within us or wisdom yeah if or it's a different interpretation or a different yes or a different interpretation or a different angle or another or a, a separate experience or, or a different scripture right because we can just point to this one thing in the bible that says this thing and then it just shuts it down for us and we don't yeah. have to do any of the other work we don't have to do the other spiritual work 
And it's just easier. It's just, yeah. it's purely laziness, really, too, at the end of the day, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, so and it becomes an, dangerous. Um, if I may, it's, it's an easy moneymaker, too. Yeah, it is an easy moneymaker. It sells. And it's easier to sell that brand of Christianity than it is to sell, um, you know, let the Holy Spirit guide you. You know how that you know how Jesus said it's better for him to leave so the Holy Spirit could come and be with you. Well, he literally said, "Me, the Messiah, it's better if I'm not on this earth anymore because the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to offer you and provide you with wisdom that you need to live your life." That's really hard to package and control, and so it's a lot easier to just brand the Bible. I'm not saying the Bible's whatever, obviously. But I don't call We the, believe in the Bible. We believe in the Bible. I don't call the Bible I we've talked about this and I, I don't call the Bible the word. No. Ever. The word is Jesus Christ. In the look beginning at, was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. I do not John. call I never I purposefully don't call the Bible yeah. the word. I only call it scripture or God's words or the Bible. So But that's they're a, actually I don't know I mean, I think that they were inspired by God but written by men in a very specific cultural context. Mm -hmm. Do I think that they can breathe life still? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But so can a passage from Mary Carr mm -hmm. or Alice Walker. I don't know that they necessarily have the same weight for me. Like Alice Walker doesn't have the same weight as maybe David did. Maybe because that I'm still enmeshed in the patriarchy. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I would say too, though, for me at least, what I think a lot of those things that I read, if I read something outside of scripture that I feel um, moves me in a particular way, not always, but very often, it's through the Holy Spirit. Correct. So it's still, I think, God partnering with yeah. or moving through because He's in everything. Yeah. He's not separated from any of that. And so yeah. that that's my experience. I think that's for a lot of us, but yeah. I know for you probably too. But so, okay. Deconstruction. I know. Really quickly, share though. Well, Alice Walker in The Color Purple. So, oh, Seely says this. She says, I think it pisses God off when we walk <laughs> by the color purple and don't, don't notice it. it. Yep. And it's that was a favorite. paraphrase. Oh, it's so good. And, and also, yeah, purple is my favorite color. It is. So it's especially meaningful to me. Yeah. So just this whole idea of celebrating the thing that is not part of scripture, that is not even part of humanity. That's right. It's just, it's part of God's wonder. It's still just something beautiful and it's worth noticing. The, and and the color of purple yeah. is beautiful. It, it was is. my favorite color until I was 16. Now it's burgundy. Burgundy. There, that'll be trivia for our 50th episode. <laughs> What's Renee's favorite color? What's Nicole's favorite color? Um, okay, you go ahead. You had a question. No, I just was going to say, like, do you want to share your deconstruction story? Well, I feel like I have. I did in the Trump episode. Mm -hmm. I think that I have said that. So what I – oof, I wish I would have thought this. I wanted to – here's – well, why don't you share your – Did have you already shared yours? I don't know. I think I kind of did in the believing the, and doubting uh, yeah. episode. But I mean, I guess – I'm thinking about okay. how are we framing it in light of this conversation? I know how to answer your question is simply without – I believe that what I let go of was never the truth to begin with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I believe that the truth that I did have remained. Mm -hmm. And that was Jesus yeah. and the goodness of God. And right now, as we speak – as we live, move, and have our being, I am still working out a lot of the memes that I see, a lot of the interpretations that I see, and some of them hit me. 
Mm-hmm. Like, is that actually true? Yeah. Is that God? I don't know that I ever... Here's the difference between reconstructed Renee and pre-deconstructed Renee. Okay. Pre-deconstructed Renee believed it when you said it. Mm, yes. Because I just wanted to be faithful to God. Yeah. Reconstructed Renee will push back. And That's I good. will say, I don't know that I agree with that. I'll try to do it in yeah. a culturally intelligent way. But... I will say, I don't know that I believe in that. And I'm okay mm-hmm, with good. A, not knowing, and B, disagreeing. I don't know that I ever was comfortable with A, not knowing, and B, disagreeing. It's so good. Because I felt like both of those meant that I wasn't walking with God. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's part of the lie that we're fed through evangelicalism and church system is if you have questions that your faith is faltering. Yep. Um, or perhaps not even genuine yep. to begin with. How dare you have questions? This should just be so simple. Yeah. This really mysterious, transformative, life-altering process wherein you meet the living God, that should just be real simple for yeah. you. There should be no, you and know. I think it's James that said, ask the Lord and he will He will give you answers to all things. We used to pray that prayer right mm-hmm. before our exams at Biola. Uh, where I went to college. So like, Lord, you, you have promised us all oh knowledge. Oh, my gosh. So sorry that I stayed up so last night. Amazing. You know, um, you know, on Bubs. That was the Biola. Um, it was the email system before email was a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was like it was like pre-internet. Uh, it was intranet. Remember that? <laughs> it was intranet. <laughs> yeah, I remember intranet. Anyway, here here is something I wanted to say also. So um, I did this. A little talk with Josh Harris, the Josh Harris. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't have a big relationship with Joshua Harris's narrative. I kissed dating goodbye. We talked about him in the purity narrative. But he had this like post that ha- came up in March. Like, hey, do you have an idea that really moves you? Mm-hmm. And I wrote cultural intelligence. Mm-hmm. And like three minutes later, I had a private message saying, I'd love to interview you. Yeah, it was so great. And I was like, what? So I was like, okay. And then I signed up for August and I forgot about it. I yeah. forgot to tell Nicole. Nicole's like, what? I saw and I it like, and I was like, wait, what's happening? Yeah, I You're had forgotten. I had forgotten because it was months and months later. Anyway, so I did it and it's up on Josh Harris's site. If you go to my Instagram, also, you can see it. if you haven't watched it, please take the time to watch it because you all listening to this podcast, yes, this is one, this is one aspect of Renee. She's a multifaceted person, but it is some of her finest most poignant, eloquent, just but still totally true to herself-ness. It's so worth watching. Thank you. You're welcome. The audio is a little jacked, but that's okay. I don't know what happened. It's Satan. Satan came in <laughs> and jacked up my audio. I even freaking anointed myself with oil before Did that. You because for I get when I get really, really nervous, I anoint myself with oil. Why? Because I'm from the Pentecostal. <laughs> so charismatic of you. And there are certain things I still can't not do because Listen, I just I'm have never to. opposed to some anointing of some people some oil still have to things. do their daily devotionals, and some people still have to anoint themselves with oil. But here's the, my point in bringing up Josh Harris that that wasn't a plug. It truly wasn't. It was this. God, I am so angry about it. I can't even handle it. People who I hadn't heard from, people who don't give two craps Mm -hmm. about me, my podcast, my work, my anything. And I know they don't because of how they treat me in real life. And this is the family members. As soon as they yeah. saw that it was Joshua Harris, oh. you better oh believe my gosh. they Joshua blew Harris? up my phone. I gotta <gasps> talk to Renee. Oh my gosh! Oh, and then and then 
I didn't engage any of them because I was like, no, I'm yeah. sorry. If you want a relationship with me, have right. a relationship with me. Yes. Not with my connection to somebody who's not even a connection. Yeah. Right? We had a 30, 28 minute conversation. Yeah. Um, but I do have a spreadsheet. No, I don't have a spreadsheet. <laughs> so I don't. But here's what I got from some. So is he gay? Mm-hmm. So, so he totally, he left. He left. He's out. So, so why did he divorce his wife? Did What's he cheat on that? his wife? He cheated on his wife, right? It was What's he just, thinking about Jesus? Does he, does was, he even like know Jesus they, anymore? They vomited yep. all over me. Mm-hmm. And they disguised it as compliment, com- complimenting and congratulating right. me for having this opportunity to speak with somebody who right. I actually, whatever, I'm not into celebrity culture unless you're Keanu or Freddie right. or Julia. And I... I sat there and I looked at one in particular who, and I said, do you realize that the same thing that Joshua Harris walked away from, Mm -hmm. I also walked away from? And they looked at me and I said, what Joshua Harris walked away Mm -hmm. from was stinking garbage. Mm -hmm. I Kiss Dating Goodbye caused a lot of people to deconstruct. It caused a lot of deconstruction, a lot of real damage and abuse even indirectly through purity culture and joshua harris became a senior executive mucky muck pastor at age 29 which we all know is age young age young and he became mr mr right Mm -hmm. and he there was a lot of sexual abuse stuff that was not handled appropriately because he was caught up in the system Mm -hmm. he was not caught up in the spirit of christ that's right joshua harris recognized the damage he had done yeah he left it and i applaud him with all of my heart. I know. Now, where Joshua is right now, yeah, Josh, I think he goes by Josh now, mm-hmm. wherever he is, is not my business. Yeah. I am not his mentor. Yeah. I am not his friend. I am his sister in Christ. Yeah. And I care about him as a brother in that sense. But for any of you who ever again in the history of Renee want to come at me with a false compliment only to throw up on me gossip Mm -hmm. and derision Mm -hmm. and to shame people in the name of religion, Yes, I rebuke you. (laughs) Because what Joshua Harris did was holy. And wherever he is now and whatever mistakes he makes, he's going to have to deal with them just the same as he has. I know there's more controversy. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. So good. The... That's where I stand on deconstruction. So Some good. of us have to leave a system that sucks. Oh, you said before, you, you were saying before we recorded, he took out the trash. Like what he helped produce was garbage. And he helped, has now helped work to get rid of it. Yeah. And he's not doing it perfectly. No, of course not. None of he's us not, are. Because he's still a white male. He's just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I made Evan laugh. I love when I make Evan laugh. So, <laughs> you know. This uh, robe is really, really I know. warm. I'm warm too. Okay, I'm taking mine off. I know that it's like messing up my vibe. But, um, we're not, no one can see us. It's too hot up in here. All right, Nicole. Okay, wait. I have a question for you now. Oh, yes. After all ask. that. So it was so good what you just shared. I was thinking at the end of it. Why are people so scared? I mean, I kind of already touched on it a little bit with just – I think it bears repeating. Why are people so scared of deconstruction? And why are people – when people hear things like 
Joshua Harris name. And then they're like, why? Well, where's he at? What does he think spiritually? Did he do this? Did he do that? Okay. Yes, Renee, go. <laughs> Hi, my hand raised. F-E-A-R. Yeah. Fear. It. I'm telling you. But it, what? But what are they scared of? They're actually afraid of Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. No, I'm, I'm laughing because... <laughs> I'm laughing because it's probably true. The image of hell that we yeah. have in evangelicalism, fundamentalism. Fundamentalism is probably a little bit hotter than the evangelical oh, yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so oh, the, yeah, the yeah, fundamentalist yeah. hell actually involves Ikea. All right. The evangelical <laughs> hell has Kmart. Trapped in the labyrinth of, trapped in the labyrinth of Ikea. Doomed. To circle, doomed to circle the Malm series over and over again. I, I seriously live a stone's throw away from Ikea. Did you just say stone's throw? Get thee behind me. Get thee behind me. Ikea. Ikea. All right. But uh, yeah, it's fear. I think it's fear of hell. It's fear of if it's fear of a theology that's not actually true. Yeah. So they're afraid that if their answers are not, I think, I think and this is what was true of me, mm -hmm. that if I didn't get it 100% right, I would you go were doomed. to first level of You're hell. You're doomed, right. Yeah, or second. Okay, or I so this lose, is... I would, lose a, I would lose a little pearl or, okay, a, so or a diamond. The, there's a guy... Um, In my crown. I've read some of his stuff, and I'm a part of this organic church Facebook group, which, I mean, I'd never comment on there. Really? And I just, no. Listen, I don't even know why I'm on there. I don't want to bash the group. Barf. I mean, if somebody ever hears this, it, there's some... How do I say this politely? I don't know. There's some real fringy stuff going on on there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's putting it nicely. But there is a dude who like runs it and he's pretty well known. He's an author and other things. Keith, I don't know if his last name is pronounced Giles or Giles. G-I-L-E-S? Giles? 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 We said the opposite. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But he writes. Keith, please tell us how to pronounce your name. He writes for a lot of different um sources and but he had an article talking about deconstruction and he talks about these five pillars i think it's five pillars of why people deconstruct no it was actually i thought it was really interesting i actually like everything not everything i appreciate what he shares i don't agree with everything he says of course i don't agree with everything anybody says but one of the pillars that he talked about that leads people to deconstruction is the concept of hell is the topic of hell Ooh, yeah. he talked about Penal substitutionary. Penal? <laughs> I didn't say penile. <laughs> Renee is, is is a 13 year old boy. I really She's am. very good. I, I'm a 43 year old woman. What's penal? 365 minus 8? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Penal substitutionary. Is that yeah, how you say right. Atonement. Um, hell. What else? The church itself. The Bible, which we just talked about. And suffering, which was my, which was a huge yeah. reason that I went through deconstruction was the topic of suffering in the world. So I actually thought it was kind of poignant because I think we, like you and I were discussing before we recorded, there are some very immediate reasons that people are leaving the church right now, post-2020 mm -hmm. and mid-2020, during 2020 and post-2020 in droves. People are leaving because of a lot of the things that have currently and just happened but there are these kind of evergreen reasons that people have also be been deconstructing over decades, which I think the ones he mentioned are very yeah. much part of it. So some of the reasons we know people have left recently are Trump. Yeah. 
Um, I would say nationalism. Yeah, I think nationalism is is right. Trump is the the he's the poster poster boy. boy. Poster boy. He's the poster boy. Poster boy. He's the yeah for nationalism, and a lot of people we know have left because of the church's failure to address. Uh, racial reconciliation or, or just anything. even the talk topic of race at all <laughs> period like to say like oh yeah there's black people or sexual abuse or sexual abuse or um oh gosh so much about misogyny misogyny patriarchy um, um violence against single people and people who aren't mm-hmm. and when i say violence i'm not talking about physical but violence but emotional violence emotional violence and then the lgbtq plus community they're not feeling welcomed or loved to put it mildly. So all of that combined is are some of the reasons that we know that people are leaving right now. And and when I say leaving, I don't necessarily mean, you know, walking away from their faith, but for a lot of people that is producing or pushing them into a process of deconstruction. Yeah. And we've had we know a lot of people that are going through that currently. And Renee and I have shared in other episodes our own deconstruction was not necessarily because of that. But I do think 2020, at least, I mean, it kicked up some more stuff for us. Oh, yeah. For sure around our faith and deconstruction process. And I definitely had to re-examine other new things. And I think that's one thing, too, that we don't necessarily hear people talk about is deconstruction can be an ongoing process. Yeah, it should be, I think. It kind of should be, right. It should be this thing where we're – there's nothing wrong with us continuing to say, well, what do I think about this? And what do I actually believe about this? And do I really think God says this? And do I really think scripture says this? And and that's okay. That should actually be part of the ongoing process. That working out your salvation verse, what's that working out your salvation yeah. verse? I've always, In fear and trembling, it says. Yeah, because it's working out. It's not like, oh, reaching a final conclusion and a final point where wherein you have no more questions. That's yeah. not... That's not what it's saying. And I just realized for the first time, I, if if I get the if I have the scripture right, work out your f- salvation in fear and trembling. Is that right? Mm-hmm. With fear and trembling. Well, think about it. Why God was not an inciter of fear. In fact, Jesus, mm-hmm. I think the thing that He talked most about in Scripture was fear, but coming against fear. Do not fear. Mm-hmm. So why would He say to work out your salvation in fear and trembling, except to warn us? You are probably going to come to a place where you are satisfied with your answers, and I am telling you, the work mm. is never done. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm. I'm assuming this of God, but I have the Holy Spirit, so maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but, you know, another thing that has really come up in, in, in evangelical spaces too, but a, a lot of people have come against it, is even the Enneagram. And I bring this up for a very specific reason regarding humanity. The Enneagram is a, is a tool that is used for self-reflection and growth. That the Enneagram never says that we've arrived. The Enneagram says you've just begun and you need to continue in the cyclical process. Uh, And ultimately, we should, if if we are fours or eights or whatever, I should start taking attributes of eights and sevens because the more I have attributes of all nine numbers, the more like Christ I truly am. We're more integrated. It's not just you as your solo self using that as an excuse for bad behavior. And I some I think some Christians come against that maybe because they think it may not be of Christ or maybe it's origins this or that. But I think at the heart of the Enneagram and why I like it and why so many people who are deconstructing like it, yeah, 
is because they have bought into a system that told everybody how to think and how to be and how to act. Yes. And you and I talked about this our first episode. Yeah. It whitewashed us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Where we did not feel like we were able to be the women of color we are. Right. Because we were part of this evangelical system. My uh, close family member, I almost revealed who it was. At this point, I just kind of want to do it because you got to own your... Uh, Alice, or not Alice, Anne Lamott said... Tell your stories. If people wanted you to speak kindly about them, they they should have have behaved behaved better. better. So my um, (laughs) father-in-law, look, own it. My father-in-law, even though I grew up in a family with an immigrant father who moved here when he was of age, Mm -hmm. with different language, different food, different customs, different color skin, I grew up in this. Yeah. All right. I had a conversation today, not entirely in English. Mm-hmm. I, I'm terrible at Punjabi, but full disclosure. But my point is, is I was immersed in a different culture. Yes. And when I told my father-in-law that I was proud to be Indian, he said, you are an American. And it was this evangelical thinking, I think, <sighs> this nationalistic, all sorts of nonsense thinking that says that if you if you are not in this category that's right then you do not belong yeah and you are no longer reflecting christ there's it's so hypocritical because i mean this is an whole aside but like would your father-in-law roll up to all of the irish descendants in oh. living in boston right now of which by the way don't even i went to school in boston i went to college there and there are more people of irish descent living in boston there there are living in ireland so would he roll up to the to the men in Southie in Boston and be like, "You're not Irish, you're American." Yeah. Probably, I don't know what he would do. The, I the, actually don't the care. The idiot, the idiocy and idiocy, idiocy and the short sightedness of that. Whatever, it's a whole separate conversation. But what the reason I bring this up is because so many of us have been indoctrinated to thinking we had to look and be and talk and feel and think all like this. Yeah. And so the Enneagram is actually feels like a pathway. Mm-hmm. Who actually am I? So many women are mistyped as twos. Why? Yeah. Because the system has told them you're a two. That they're, you're a helper, you're a helper. That's what women right. were help me. That's what your role is supposed and to be. And so many men may be mistyped as whatever, or they're afraid to be twos. Yeah, because, because men oh, can't be helpers and be helpmates yeah, and can correct can't be so i think like there i i have a there's a lot of resonance there with me seeing people who are deconstructing also going to these other tools and people might think well it's heresy or this not no it's not if people have been told who they are and it's not them yeah. for decades right then they deserve to have a shot at who they actually are it's so true it's so true So, here's what we would love for you to do. Rate, review, subscribe, and tell us how much you love us because we are just so lovable. (laughs) So lovable. But it actually does make a difference and it does help people find this podcast. If you like this podcast and you care about not only but also, you know, if you drop a little line there on Apple Podcasts and give us a little review... It actually means something. It does. And on Facebook, on Instagram, and on any of these kinds of things. Listen, if we in any way have helped you see the both and better, let other people know so they too can see more clearly. We are Noba Podcast everywhere. Thank you.